This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, my friends. It is Friday. We are at the Friday before Christmas 2023. If you want to be part of the day's program, on this day, 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us, 800-848-922. I think about the show that could have been today. Right now, I could be sitting before you totally drugged up if I had just got to the doctor's office when I went to the doctor. I mean, this has been like four days of nonstop hacking, coughing, wheezing, grunting, moaning. I can't hear. Uh, my my ears are, are totally blocked, and so I have to watch levels because I'm like, I'm cranking this thing, and I can't barely hear it. So I finally went to the doctor today, and I've got some acute something, 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 and the drugs are on the way, but I didn't get the drugs in time for the show. I was kind of looking forward to that, but it didn't happen. And supposedly within 20, 30 minutes of taking the drugs, everything starts to slowly reverse itself. So we shall see. That means by tomorrow, if I get the drugs tonight for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, our last show of the year, because after that, next week I'll be on vacation. Um, that means we're going to have some fun in the morning, early in the morning, and drugged up. With, with, with pharmaceuticals. Not with those drugs some of you people use for recreational pleasures. Um, okay. There are so many stories in the A stack, but before I get to the really important stories, I've seen this headline for about three days. I keep putting in the stack and I never get to it. So I put it in the A-Stack today, even though it's not an A-Stack story. And that is New York Governor Kathy Hochul has signed off on creating a new reparations committee. So New York, just like, you know, San Francisco had theirs, all of a sudden they started, like this reparations committee started meeting and then they went public and first they asked for I don't know, maybe maybe every every black person in San Francisco deserves five million. Then some guy came out and are you kidding? That's way too low. I think they ended up with wanting over twenty or thirty million dollars a person. So New York will have its own. Now, I of course want to see this. I want to see this. I want to see this happen. I want to see the reparations. And I want to be the one. I'm going to volunteer my services to be the one to go knock on the doors, like for these wealthy black New Yorkers, 
you know, the ones in the political class who make so much money it's obscene while the people that they represent don't because of their policies. But I'm going to be the one. And the, and the entertainment class, like this Puff Daddy, oh, wait, not supposed to call him that. What is his name? Sean, Sean Combs. Oh, yeah, what's his real name? Yeah, I mean, what's his, what's his entertainment name now? Diddy. Diddy. Okay, him. I want to be the one that goes to him and says, uh, hello, Mr. Diddy. Got some very good news for you. We just settled up on the reparations. You've been oppressed all your life. And we're going to hand you $20 million to make up for all the oppression that you've gone through. I want to be the one that goes to Mr. Z. Hello, Jay, Mr. Z. How are you and Mrs. Z doing? Listen, I know that you've done billions well, but we've got a little something extra for you because you are oppressed. And we all came up with some reparations for you and your family to enjoy. It's pocket change for you, but $20 million still. You could get your daughter a nice outfit or something. I want to be to go to one of some of these guys in the financial circles. Because, you know, there's some black guys on Wall Street. They, they keep it low. They don't, they don't want to be discovered. But I want to go to some of these black guys, these hedge fund guys. Yep. Finally, God bless America, finally, finally, you are being repaid. Now, it would be unfair to ask any black taxpayer to pay into the funds for reparations. Just know that up front. Black people should be exempt from paying into the funds that are going to end up paying them. What sense does that make? You pay into a fund that pays you back? No. This is supposed to be revenge. I'm sorry. It's supposed to be restorative justice. Revenge. Restorative justice. Revenge. Restorative justice. So black people shouldn't be asked to pay anything. Diego, I got bad news for you. You and your folks were not here yet. You weren't oppressed. You get nothing. Okay. All right. Rich, where's Rich? Yeah, because Rich, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. I got bad news for him, too. I got bad news for you, too, Matt. Here's the bad news, Matt. Don't go anywhere. Here's the bad news. Okay, I just told Diego, he and his people weren't even here yet, so they're not going to get any of the reparations money that Kathy Hochul is now putting together. She's putting together a committee for reparations. Diego's peeps are not in the deal. They weren't here yet. They weren't being oppressed yet. Maybe in another 50, 60 years they can claim that, you know, everything that happened now is oppression and they get some money. Matt, this is not good for you. You, my friend, my dear friend, and you know I love you, and you know I admire you so much, but you're an oppressor. You're a colonizer. It is your ancestors that did all this stuff, and you have to pay. And so I just want you to be ready, 
Don't be putting any money away for your kid to go to college. Don't be putting money away for you and the girlfriend to have that nice night on the town. You got to pay some brothers with that money and some sisters. You got to, like Marvin Gaye said, you got to give it up. You got to give it up. And that's the only way that we're going to move America forward. It's called restor, it's called revenge, but they, but it's really called restorative justice. We're going to, we're going to make some justice here. And no, Matt, I don't think you're a bad person. I think personally, if you saw a slave, you'd probably let him go, maybe. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, you would let him go. You you say no, no slavery for you, okay? Maybe. But, <laughs> but I, I look. I went to New York public schools. Come on. And now, I expect a large payment from Curtis Lewa. <laughs> I'm just saying. Good luck getting okay. with all the alimony he has in child support. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Uh oh. And He's Rich got Rattle, this on and, the other room. <laughs> and Rich has got to pay as well. I mean, wait, wait Curtis. Curtis is around. I want to ask Curtis about this because we're going to soak Curtis. He's coming. He's coming. I, I want. Yeah, we're going to soak Curtis. You know, Curtis has to freaking pay. You know, and I don't want to hear crap about how his people came from over from that um, from that country. That Slovakian country over there, he's been here long enough that he is a colonizer, and he's an oppressor. Plus, he embraces all of the ideals of the colonizers and the oppressors. By the way, folks, I have not lost my mind. I'm just telling you, this is the way liberals see the world, okay? <laughs> and so, well, yeah, I, I want Mr. Curtis. Mm-hmm. There he is, there he, he is. Give him a sec. Okay. Putting his headphones on. All right. Curtis Sliwa. Curtis Sliwa. Oh, I see you got the frog, huh? the grip. Oh, man, it's terrible. But I'm a, I'm going to hang it in there. And look. Curtis, listen, Diego's peeps don't have to pay. They weren't here yet. Um, You and your peeps have to pay because you are in the class of oppressors, you're in the class of colonizers. In fact, you did come over here and start colonizing from Europe. And you started colonizing and oppressing black and peoples of colors. And so Kathy Hochul is now putting on this new reparations committee. And I'm just giving you, I'm giving you some, because, you know, because I'm your boy, you and me tight. I'm giving you a heads up. Don't be spending no money that you don't have to spend. You better start saving your ducats. Because when Judgment Day comes, and it is coming, Curtis, you are among the people that are going to have to pay these reparations for what you and your people have done to my people. Now, let me ask you a question, though. Uh, Does that mean I get another garnishment? First, remember, you got to pay your taxes. You got to pay your child support. Hey, brother, there ain't much left after that that this McWhitey Whitey can contribute to your uh, reparations 40 acres and a mule. <laughs> Look, man, your decisions don't negate your responsibilities for correcting history. This is restorative justice. It's really revenge. 
but we're going to call it, we're going to go along with the left and call it re- restorative justice. And what so, a, Governor. What about if I declare myself to be a snow bro? That's interesting. I mean, you know, you never know. You never know. I was married to a black woman first, so, you know, do I get any compensation for that? You swole, I'm telling you. Don't let me say something here to get no, me please, fired. Please, please, you know, you know, hey. Because I, I overstand. Damn okay? right. <laughs> so. Damn right. So, I mean, I should I should get a reduction in my McWhitey-Whitey reparations uh, payment <laughs> that I have to make for what I, what I had to put up with. You know, black well, women, they don't take no... No mess. Don't take no mess. That's right. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Curtis. I just want you to, to start alerting everybody to what's coming around the corner. I can't believe that if this thing went off the rails the way that it did in California, and here comes Governor Hochul trying this stuff here. Well, remember remember the you? one in California as San Francisco County was on the precipice of doing before Newsom said, later for that, I gotta, I'm running for president. I can't have this hanging over my head. But remember, they said, if you were, if you spent 18 of your first years in life in San Francisco, uh, you're entitled to a million dollars plus anything you owe. Uh, the state would then come in and pay, pay the freight. And do you realize OJ Simpson qualified? Cause, he, he was 18 years. He grew up there in uh, Sunnyvale Projects, Potrero Hill in San Francisco. Uh, he would have gotten a million dollars uh, before he went to USC. He was 18 years. And then the Brown family would have gotten all their money that he owed them from that civil litigation. Taxpayers would have been paying for OJ. He'd have, he'd have got a million dollars. Man. Well, they weren't satisfied with me, and they were saying that that's way too small. The last I heard, they wanted $20 million a piece. Well, tell, them to, tell them to go buy some Powerball uh, tickets, some uh, lotto tickets. Forget us. Oh. The illegal aliens Man. are taking everything now, James. You better get your fair share on life. You better get ahead of the illegal aliens because ain't going to be nothing left for you, brother. <laughs> oh, man, Curtis, I don't know where this is all headed to, but it's... It's not even funny anymore. It's just, it's almost pathetic, the things that these people are coming up with. After uh, watching this in California and watching it unfold, Governor Hochul doesn't have any better political sense than to just leave the issue alone. She's going to bring all of this to New York on top of everything else we're dealing with. Did you ever, did you ever, did you ever think in your lifetime? Growing up there in Southeast Queens, going to uh, Jackson High School, where you were the Urkel in your class, that it would actually pay to be black? I mean, that it would actually pay to be a Euro-Asiatic, righteous black man in America? Well, I always thought it would pay for a black man in America. See, I wasn't brought up with all that we the victim's crap. I was brought up believing if you work hard, hey, bro, you're going to pay. Yeah, but wait, wait, hold, hold on a second. Let, let me school you a little bit here, James. If if the program is going to be just like the one in San Francisco County, you lived here until you were 18 years old. I mean, you lived 18 years uh, here. That's right. You'd be entitled to your your share. And, oh, that w- and I'm going to collect. Don't th- get me. If they, hey, look, if they're handing out millions of dollars and I'm, in, quote, unquote, entitled to it, yeah. I'm going to collect. 
All the rest of us McWhitey Whiteys would be contributing to your to your I'm pot. I'm taking the money. If they're going to hand out money like that, I'm taking the money. Better get yours before the illegal aliens get theirs. I'm telling you, James. You raise a good point, Curtis. Curtis. Better get it now. The illegal aliens, they're online. They're getting billions. Put in, tell, tell Kathy Hochul, I want my fair share now, 40 acres and a mule. Boom. Rupert Holmes. Thank you, Curtis. Merry Christmas to you, Curtis. You too, James. Like a worn-out recording. This is Rupert Holmes. You know this song. Rupert Holmes had some great hits. This one went to number one on this day in 1979. It's called the Pina Colada song. Pina. Escape. Piña. Thank you. I still like the way that I pronounce it, because I do. I I don't drink alcohol, so I say, can I have a virgin pina colada? Piña means pineapple. Oh, now it all makes sense. 800-848-WABC is on the call coming back. Your phone calls welcome. We've got a lot of calls, and we're going to take some of them. Also, we have a very, this is a very special musical day. I've asked one of my friends that I met on this program to give us a buzz, or we'll give him a buzz, and talk about the incredible Tom Bell at the uh, bottom of the hour. Stay with us. Boston Early's Rush Hour on WABC. Took out a personal ad. And though I'm nobody's poet. It wasn't half bad Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Produced by Niall Rogers. Six weeks at number one. On this date, that six-week run started. It was Madonna. Like a virgin. I will never, ever, ever forget in my life her performance of this live. I went to see her at the garden. Number one, I was surprised by all of the truly young, young girls here. I'm talking about the prepubescent girls. And then the teenagers, and then the 20-somethings, right? 
Some of these prepubescents were with their daddies. Madonna did this song, and in the middle of the song, she gets center stage, and she starts um, um, emulating... How shall I put this? Just Pleasuring. Saying. Pleasuring herself. And I'm looking at this woman doing this on stage. And I'm like, this, this is... And then I turn around and I look at all these little girls and these young girls, and they're all just, hey, this is great. And I said to myself, this is so wrong. But you now you all listening and know I'm a I'm a Madonna fan. But still. I always thought somebody that could sing like that to get to where she gets to, oh man. There's a whole nother level of talent with that. On WABC Talk Radio 77, let's head to the telephones. Uh, Larry in Manhattan, you're up first, Boston Early's Rush Hour. It is the before Christmas Rush Hour on Friday. How are you, Larry? I'm I'm doing good. How are you doing today, huh? I'm hanging in there. Hello? I am hanging in there, Larry. That's that's terrific. This is about the reparation, right? The thing is Mm -hmm. this that you need to realize, right? That reparation also applied to the Germany paying reparation, what they call taxes to Israel for the rest of their lives. So if you have a child over there and is born 18 years old in Germany, right, that child, when when they turn 18 years old, they go to work, they start to pay what they call taxes, but it's reparation directly. Germany owed them for the rest of their lives, as long as Germany... Okay, but what does that have to do with American reparations? A lot to do with it. We're entitled to it. We, it's owed to us. We obey all us 25 states on the East uh, Coast, not just There was 25 states. Larry, how much money you want? How much, t- let's be, let's, let's get down to the deep. I want 25 much- states, and then the money will be worked out after that. All 25 states on the East Coast. From the six states starting in New England. They're not 25 states on the East Coast, Larry. It's old truck. Okay, so we get the East Coast from way up there in Maine. We get from Maine to the tip of Florida. That's what gets paid to black people. Now that you're talking about, that clown that was just on the new sleever, right? It's a clown who will always be a goddamn clown. You got the. Uh oh, language, 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 language. Let's not get angry. Larry, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Neil in Rockland County, how are you? Hello, Neil. Okay, so he's listening to his radio, not ready at the time. Let's see if Diana in Brooklyn is ready to go with her bid. Diana, how are you this afternoon? Thank you so much. You are such an, an elegant individual. I would just like to posit this. The the, um, ancient custom of slavery was implemented by the British Empire. We were subjects. We were colony of the British Empire, right? Right? That's when it was. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. It was instituted Mm -hmm. in Virginia and such on the East Coast, as you mentioned, not in the Midwest, not on the West. 
It was in the East Coast. And, you know, and in the Caribbean and in Brazil and South America, many more uh, individuals were brought to the South American regions than, than North America. I think okay. something like 10 million total were brought here. Anyway, the point I'm trying to, <laughs> a couple of points are, I don't know why you see people don't understand what was the Civil War. America was fighting for okay, freedom. Okay, but, but for let's, let's take it back home before we go to the big picture. Let's take it home to reparations. What Kathy Hogle wants to put together the reparations committee. What do you think ought to happen here? And it's, there's so many legal things, um, reparations, but we had to um, attend to the problems of the British Empire. We fixed that. We undid, Lincoln undid slavery. So here's the so, thing. Here's what I'm getting. Diana, you don't want to pay. No, I think Al Sharpton's wet dream. You know what I mean? That's yeah, what I you, think. <laughs> you, you, Diana, you don't want to pay. Uh, but but no. guess what, Diana? She's going to make you pay. Kathy Hochul's going to make you pay. So you could talk all that British Empire stuff you want to. You could, And there's going to be other people that talk about the Africans that sold their own people into slavery. You could talk about all that, the third-party dealers, all that stuff, the middle passage, all of that. You're still going to pay. That's the deal. You're going to pay. Thank you for the call. Elton John takes us in. His album. The one with this one on it. Big day. For Elton John. Two week run at number one. The album Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, 1973. One of my favorite Elton John. Yes. On WABC, coming back, more of your calls. We have more news, too. So keep it right here. And we're going to speak with Ed Shea. I can't wait to speak with Ed Shea in a few minutes. That's some music stuff, folks. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley on the Red Apple Podcast Network. On WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York, Adelphonics bring us back in. One of the men behind the Delphonics went on to produce, write for, Groups like the Stylistics, the Spinners, as part of the uh, Mighty Three music group, that would be Tom Bell, 
Leon Huff, Kenny Gamble, they issued in what is now known as the Sound of Philadelphia. This was one of their first successes for Tom Bell. You know his songs. So many of them became classics. Not R&B classics. Classics, period, in the world of music. Like You Make Me Feel Brand New, Betcha by Golly Wow. Recorded over and over again by artists. One of the men that was behind the scenes for years is with us now. He's my friend, and I met him on this program. His name is Ed Shea. Ed is a session musician who has worked with some of the great, great hits in America over the years. Ed, how are you, my friend? Hey, James. I'm fine, and what an honor to be part of your program. And it's funny, listening to those tunes, you know, still working with Johnny Mathis. Johnny still does Bet You By Golly Well, and I still get goosebumps. It's just been a great, great ride knowing Tom. And it's, uh, like I say, one year ago today, I was working out in Costa Mesa with John, and I got the email that Tom passed away, and I'm very sad. He was a real gentleman to work for, and it was always a lot of fun in the studio. No anxiety. It was it was it was just fun. We made music. We had a good time, and he treated everybody with such respect. And he paid all the side men. We all got double scale for our sessions. It couldn't have That's been a better amazing. time in my life. That is amazing because that is something he did not have to do. No, and he would have still had top notch musicians. Yeah, here's another tidbit. When we did the Lou Rawls album, we did a Lou Rawls album. He would drop names in a hat, and each day we would get leaders pay. That's how great Tom was. We had a six-day session booked in 19, the summer of 79, for a, a terrible movie called The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. Well, we worked with everybody. We did a thing with Doc Severson. We did something with Loretta Lynn. We did a track with the Silvers with the four tops. We got finished in five days. Typical Tom Bell, he paid us for all six days, double scale. It just, you know, today that doesn't happen because, you know, the suits are all looking at the the bottom line, the money. But, you know, Tom had the goods. He he wrote beautiful tunes. And if you ever want to listen to a great soundtrack, just call up the pitch that saved Pittsburgh. It was only here for a minute, but some of the greatest music in the world with Tom Bell. He's just a wonderful man. And unlike uh, Gamble and Huff, I did some of their record sessions. They were very, a little unorthodox. I learned to always bring a piece of manuscript paper to, to write down what they wanted. Tom's sessions were very detailed. Music was copied out, but yet he always gave me the leverage. He, he would call me Mr. O'Shea. That's what he always <laughs> emphasizing the O. Mr. O'Shea, if you hear something you want to add, so I would add a shaker or a nice little, like, a biome triangle part over, or a, a nice little clave thing. He was always open, not just to me, but to Charles Collins, the drummer, the great Bobby Eli, who just passed away this year, Bill Neal, another fine guitarist, Larry Washington played congas, you know, I was playing vibes, marimba, timpani, and orchestra bells. It was it was a real love fest, it, it, you know, and usually the nights before the Tom Bell sessions, I was up all night. I couldn't wait to get the Cigna sound and just partake what was going to take place. I mean, we recorded The Temptations, you know, Lou Rawls. We did a great, I mean, he flew me to L.A. to do a timpani on the tune that's at the end of City Slickers with James Ingram. 
there's 50 guys in L.A. that could have done that. But yet he was so loyal. He flew me out there and put me up at Studio City and we recorded at Ocean Way. So, you know, the stories go on and on, James. It's just uh, like I say, uh, I just feel honored to be a small part of the Philly sound. You know, so. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Tom Bell is one of my heroes. I, I, had, I met him once, only once. Well, he was an enigma. I think, uh, you know, I, I had Tom's contact information, and when I would call him, he always was having his number changed. <laughs> and then out of the blue, he would call me and just do his gibberish. So if you met him once, that was a lot. because And, and being in his home in Bellingham, Washington, you wouldn't even know that this man was a musician. He gave away all his Grammys, you know, all his awards, his gold records to his families. He just was a very under-the-profile type of guy and, you know, a very humble. Here's a guy that used to tell me, he says, Ed, where'd you go to school? I said, the Philadelphia Musical Academy. He says, you know, I was not accepted there. He says, now I could own that building. I could buy that building. But he said it, you know, not with any kind of, like, Discussed. It was just how life turned around for him. Here's the, a guy that studied in the. It started in the mailroom of Cameo Parkway Records. He was Chubby Checker's conductor on tour. Tom. So I mean, Tom really came up through the ranks, and of course that "Wala" means "I love you." He said he wrote that in a matter of minutes. He said he could write tunes like you were writing a postcard. He said it was a gift from God. Wonderful guy. Wow. You know. Yeah. He so, is uh, an American. He's an American icon, an American genius, and he upped the game. His productions, and, and you could hear, you could hear the growth of and the freedom that he oh. had in what he did because the productions just kept getting more and more expansive, more and more beautiful. The recordings themselves were were among the best recordings of the era. He Absolutely. was an amazing producer. Right. And Tom learned from his sidemen because he would always come to me like it was 43 years ago this month that we recorded the album Nisi. And we had a couple hits with that, Going to Take a Miracle and also Silly. But I remember we did a track there called It's Your Conscience. And he wrote a timpani part. I said, Tom, I feel like I'm on a paddle boat. And he would laugh. He goes, now, if it doesn't work, Mr. O'Shea, you let me know what works and what doesn't work. So he would always go to the guys because he always felt a little self-conscious that he didn't have orchestration classes. He learned from listening. And one of his idols was Burt Bacharach. They used to call Tom Bell the black Burt Bacharach. And even in Burt Bacharach's book that I read, he mentions Tom Bell, you know, with the oboe, the English, the orchestral instruments, the harp, timpani, marimba. He just had great ears and, you know, and he was open to any suggestions. It was never like, no, no, this is what I wrote. He always would let the player add to whatever his product was. And he was always very, always very grateful. And, of course, he showed us by paying his double scale. He just loved having his core of men. And, and a lot of those people, like Bobby Eli, passed away, is gone, and, uh, Larry Washington, who played a ton of congas, and uh, and Tom used to look at uh, Larry Washington have three pages of music up on his conga stand. He used to call him Biscuit. That was Tom had a nickname for everybody. He used to call me Cotton Top because of my white hair. But he'd say Biscuit, 
What are you doing with all that music on your stand? You can't read a note of music. Larry Washington couldn't read a note of music. But yet, you know, he would listen to the groove and then he would contribute to whatever, you know, was going to happen on the track. So they were wonderful days, James, just wonderful, wonderful days in my life. You know, the 70s through the 80s and into the early 90s. And the last thing that I did with Tom in the studio was out in LA at the ocean way. When we did that tune for the movie city slippers with James Ingram. And, and again, you know, there's 30, 40 top flight LA session guys that could have done it. He flew me in to do that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's sad that he's gone and it's sad to what I hear today on the radio because I just can't relate to it. I just, it's not my thing. You know, I'm still old school Sinatra, you know, old swing stuff, Stephen Eady. And of course the R&B stuff I loved. And, uh, and like I said, I was a part of it. And I thank God every day, you know, that, that I had this tremendous journey and I'm still playing, you know, I'm still get a chance yep. to do his tunes with Mathis and John's 88 and still going at it. So, uh, you know, we still have a way to go, James. We're still youngsters, we do. huh? We still do, God willing, my friend, God willing. Thank you so much for joining us. Can I give you one, one little tidbit on your WABC radio? I yes. spoke to a buddy to mine, a producer named John Flores out of Phoenix. Because John, I told him I was going to do the show. He goes, Ed, WABC. John Flores produced the uh, the Youth Corporation, Rocking, Rock the Boat. And he said it was right. WABC back in the day that turned that into a hit. They got that up and running on the air. Some disc jockey at WABC. So there's a little tidbit for WA Rock the Boat. Well, thank you. WABC was the, it is, and we still call it that, the crown jewel of American radio. From the Beatles and the Stones, the English Invasion to R&B, we played music based on the merit of the music. And that's what made this radio station so great. That's what John told me. He says, Ed, you know, you had to work your way up to WABC. And one day the disc jockey flipped that record over, the Used Corporation. John Flores was the producer. And he said it took off across America. So I just, listen, well, thank you. I know you got to run, James. Merry Christmas to you and your staff and all the listeners. Merry Christmas to you, Ed. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye now. All right, take care now. News Corporation takes us out. It's time to check in with Lou Dobbs on WABC. Again, folks, I know music isn't everybody's thing, so I get that. But, you know, Tom Bell was a special human being, and I just wanted to pay tribute, along with some of the people that are behind the scenes that actually make the music that you love. And your arms have held me safe from a rolling sea. There's always been a quiet place to harbor you and me. Our love is like a ship on the ocean. We've been sailing with a cargo full of love and devotion. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour. With those nerdly. Rush. On this day in 1949, Robin and Maurice Gibb were born. Robin came into the world first an hour earlier than his brother, Maurice. Sadly, both of them are no longer with us, but their music... The Bee Gees had an amazing career, still one of the most loved groups 
by people who grew up listening to this radio station, WABC, of all time, the Bee Gees. Happy birthday, heavenly birthday to Robin and Maurice Gibb. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Let's start with Dave in New Jersey. Dave, you're up. Oh, I don't want to pay reparations. My grandparents oh. came over here in like 19, 1900 from Italy. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You have to pay. You have to pay. Because, that look, look, come on, Dave, you understand this has nothing to do really with making sure that we get the facts right about history. If that were the case, there'd be a whole different discussion going on. This is because you're white, and white people have to pay. That's what the left has reparations mean. You're a colonizer. You're an oppressor. And so people said, okay, and plus, you guys have money. And other people want it. They don't want to work. Why should people work for their money when they can just get some of yours? So, Dave, I hear you, and I'm sorry, but you still have to pay. I love you, Dave. Thank you. Let's go to Al in Yonkers, New York. Hey, Bo, I always look uh, look forward to the rush hour. It's always a professional's uh, show. I just wanted to say uh, it's a big win. Uh, I see it that President Trump and his team uh, today, Jack Smith's request with the high court was rejected, and I'm glad because uh, President Trump could uh, enjoy his weekend, and hopefully him and his family and legal team can enjoy a, a joyous Christmas. I hope they can. Um, of course, you still have these events in Colorado that are still circling the drain, and his legal uh, problems are nowhere near being resolved. But this was a good victory today. And he had asked the court, President Trump had asked the court not to give in to this demand from Jack Smith to rule on his um, immunity right now. And the court, for whatever reason, and the court, by the way, did not announce how the vote went, and they did not give any reasoning behind turning down the request from the persecutor, Jack Smith. You're totally right. Al, it was a great victory for the Trump camp. We've got a long way to go, though. Al, I hope you and your family have the best Christmas ever. Stella in Westchester, New York. How are you, Stella? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you. So I have three things to say, so I'll be quick. I love, love, love the music you play, but I have never heard, this is one of my favorite songs, Trapped by Colonel Abrams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. I don't know whether I... it's in the library. We'll okay, see. Okay, so mm-hmm. if you dig that out. That'd be great. I love it. So the second thing I want to say is that I shouldn't have to pay reparations because I was born in Europe and I'm first generation here. None of my family was born here, and my children. I'm, I'm first. I'm my children are first generation, right? I was mm-hmm. born mm-hmm. in Europe, so none of my family was ever here. So why should people like us have to pay reparations when we weren't even in this country? Because so that would be number uh, 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 two. And Stella, number Stella, 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 no, 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 let's not leave number two. Because there's an answer to your question, my dear, my darling Stella, and you know I love you. The answer to your question is something you just said. You're European. You come from European descent. Europeans did this. Europeans got to pay. Simple. 
Okay, what's number three? You know what I love? I know you're sarcastic because I have a yes. sense of humor, so I love it. I know exactly when you're being sarcastic. <laughs> and anyway, I'm from Italy. I don't think Italy had slaves. I could be wrong. So the third thing is we had a good friend, a pretty decent good friend years ago, uh, 25-year-old, very nice young gentleman who just was out of college a few years, and he was whiter than white, and he was born in Egypt. So he told us when he went to uh, a couple of colleges to meet with them, and, you know, you have to, they ask you, like, you know, your race and your nationality, put African-American and he said they were looking at him like he had two heads because they figure African-American. You have I have some friends that are from some South Africa, and that's how they have decided that they are going to uh, uh, describe themselves on these various government forms. They are African-Americans, and I love it. I love it. So your friends have a great uh, sense of, of, of humor and I love it, Stella. Stella, I hope you have the greatest Christmas ever. Thank you. We're here, by the way. We're here in the morning at 7 a.m. And by the way, love Italy. Haven't spent enough time there yet. One day, going back. Oh, already. All right, we can continue this discussion in the morning, but we will talk about some of the other things. Like Obama being one of the instigators behind Harvard keeping the Serial plagiarist. Rich, you never came in because you know you have to pay. You you take uh, cash or charge there? Um, Cash is always preferred, Rich. If you got it, I'll take it. Well, I don't. I have to pay on account. On account, I don't have any cash. We'll figure it out. Love you, man. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your families, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me, froggy voice and all, to be with you today. God willing, the voice will be drugged up in the morning and kind of back to normal. 7 a.m. for the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. See you then. Bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.